Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Here are your hosts, Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. Welcome to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry. I am here with Jeff Griffin, and we are doing a show not just in Vegas, but Vegas off the Strip. Now, how many times have we gone to Vegas and stayed on the Strip, and you get there, and there's so much to do, you can't leave? But we did this time. Not only did we leave, but we spent our whole time off the Strip. There are so many different ways to do Vegas. Yeah, you can do the Strip thing. You can do the family things. We've done shows on that. We've done shows on all the new stuff. Every three months, there's something new to do in Vegas. Vegas. There's all the Cirque du Soleil shows. We've done shows on that. This is about, I think, like our fifth or sixth Vegas show. And this time we've gone off this trip primarily to two areas. One is called Fremont East. Right near the old downtown yeah. area. And that's a really hot developing area. And then another area is known as Chinatown. That's right. We saw the best tiki room that I've ever been to. Had a great time there. Who do we have on today's show? We have an interview with the owner of Evil Pie, and that is an Evil Knievel themed pizza restaurant. And I I'm so mad at myself for not coming up with that. I'm going to just tell you, like, I heard you say it, and all of a sudden I thought, mmm, pizza. Like... (laughs) That's what came like in my thought. I was like, mm. Then we're going to go with this same guy over to Golden Tiki in the Chinatown area. And like you're saying, that that was a really fun place that we really enjoyed. What? Give me the cross. It's a cross between Disney, eclectic tiki rooms, and like a dive bar. No, yeah. not a dive bar. I mean, just like super fun. That's all just I'm going to say. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Okay. And then we're going to go to the Neon Museum. That's become really hot lately. <sighs> Where they take all the old signs from all the old Vegas stuff, they put them in one area where you can go do a tour and find out about them, see them lit up at night, things like that. And we are sitting here recording at the Downtown Grand. Um, It's a beautiful hotel downtown, one of the highest rated in the downtown area, or may be the highest rated in the downtown area. It is a great location in that Fremont East, right near there. You can get to anything downtown. As a matter of fact, I don't think we've even pulled our car out in days. It's been great. And I love all the venues, the restaurants and such that are out and about that are necessarily right in the middle of the casino. Yeah, we're going to go to one of those. It's called Freedom Beat, and it's, as you can guess, it's got a music tinge to it. They have a lot of live bands there and things, but also a lot of great food. So we've got a lot to talk about today as we go off the strip, but first, when we come back, we're going to do hot topics in travel. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. We will be right back. Make sure that you check us out on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Travel Brigade. What's not? What's trending? Next up, this week's picks for travel news and hot topics in travel.
we're going to talk to you today about all the cool things to do. If you take the time to get off the Strip and check out all, everything that's happening in Vegas, which is a constantly evolving city. It's always changing. Hard to keep up. It's hard to keep up. We're trying to keep you up with what's, what some of the latest things are. But before we get to that, we need, first need to do hot topics in travel. It turns out, as much as people complain about millennials, what? Maybe they're good for the travel industry. Oh, they are travelers. Do you know they're the biggest travel group? Uh, that's my guess. Yeah. Now, I always hear people complaining about the millennials. I personally don't really have any complaints with them. No. I wish they wouldn't listen to so much folk music. They're not travel spenders, though. And I, and, <laughs> and, and that's, you know, but other than that, I, I don't have a problem with them. I don't have a problem with millennials. So millennials, this, we love you. Listen. This article in Forbes magazine, uh, and we'll link to it on our hot sheet for today's show, it points out that millennials, by the year 2020, they're going to be over half the workforce. So oh, wow. get used to it. And they really, they need to be paying for us. They security. really want kind of you know autonomy, flexibility. And there's this company called Physiology based in Indianapolis. Of hmm. course, it's a tech company. Of course. They've come up with sort of a travel thing where instead of going to a seminar... Like a business meeting? Yeah, like a business. Instead of going to one of those, you submit a find your inspiration or FYI trip. And you submit a thing to, you know, your bosses saying, I'm going to just go hang out here for, I don't know, how many days and work remotely from there. And here's why I think it would be good for me. Hmm. And if it's up to snuff, they'll they'll grant it. Now, millennials being millennials, you know, Portland was a big one initially, Boulder, Colorado, these, you know, places like that. But they're trying it out and seeing how it works. People have gone to Iceland, to Canada, to Mexico, and they're sort of using it as a way to stay tied into work, but also have that freedom to work away from the office and see the world while they're working. You know, I wouldn't have gotten a job the way we have our jobs doing this if we had jobs in the real world that were like that back. <laughs> in the day, don't you think? (laughs) This is true. This is true. Who's coming up? Well, we've got back-to-back interviews with Evil Pie and Golden Tiki. Mm -hmm. These are both just such cool places. One is in Fremont East. The other one is in Chinatown. We'll talk about a little bit about those later. We should have had a piece of Evil Pie right here, sitting here while we do the show, as well as some dull pineapple whip. I'm down for that I anytime. I don't know why we didn't think of that. I'm down for that anytime. Yeah, that's true. Um, you're listening to Travel Brigade. We will be right back. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Travel Brigade. You're going to get a little hungry when you're traveling the globe. Whether it be fine dining, a regional specialty, or a small local street cart, you gotta eat. Next up, you gotta eat. Mmm, good. We're here at Evil Pie, which is on Fremont Street here in the booming Fremont Street scene. We're here with Brandon Powers, and Brandon, I'm angry that I didn't think of putting Evil Knievel together with a pizza restaurant. How did you come up with it? Pretty brilliant, isn't it? (laughs) Well, like you said, uh, he's a a working man's hero. He's a superhero. He came about uh, in a time in America when America needed somebody to believe in, and uh, Evil Knievel was that person. He had a cape. I mean, he looked like Superman. He flew through the air, and he was just... He's just one bad dude. I mean, he uh, he didn't have a team of specialists and people around him building him ramps, testing jumps out. He just went out and did it. Uh, you know, of over 500 pounds, 180 of him and his and his Harley or his uh, whatever motorcycle he was using at that time, sailing through the air, hoping that he was going to make it. Nine times out of ten, not making it. So uh, hopefully we have a, more of a success rate than he did in jumping here at the Evil Pie. Do you jump over pies here? I mean, is that like line them up and we can just like... Yeah, we totally do. We totally do. We have Schwinn Stingray bicycles out here in the front 
So if anybody wants to lay out on the ground, I got my friend Eric just walked up right behind you right there. I think we'll just lay Eric down and we're going to jump over him like I did when I was seven. I love it. I love it. I have to say, this probably does date me a little bit, but I remember my brother having one of these and he thought he was so freaking cool. Those are pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, they came out in 2004. No, just kidding. <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're pretty amazing bicycles. I mean, uh, we're really lucky. We have the three right here and we have the Evil Knievel, the uh, one that he licensed with AMS hanging up here inside of uh, Evil Pie. So it's pretty amazing. We should have motorcycles, but we have BMX bikes because Evil Knievel was the founding father. He was the guy, he was the reason why X Games and skateboarding and BMX and all those things, uh, extreme sports came to be. It was because of Evil Knievel. Tell me a little bit about the environment inside. You go in and you really just kind of get sucked in by all the merchandise on the walls, the lunch boxes, TV going. Tell us a little bit about that. I was really fortunate to get a lot of the photographs from his son, Kelly. Kelly Knievel He's my business partner uh, here at Evil Pie. And it's more like you're walking, you're like you're just seeing an entire history of his family, of where Evil Knievel came from. He was on the hockey teams from when he was a little boy, you know, riding horses or with his grandparents or selling insurance or all the many different phases of his life, which led him to be the daredevil and the Superman that he became. So it's it's more or less like a, a time capsule of his life. Not like you're walking into a museum or a hard rock or something like that, where it's just all this, everything's here has a reason, has a purpose to why it's here. Tell us about the pizza. Pizza's amazing. Uh, it's New York's pizza by the slice. Um, we went through like 14 different flowers and just as many t- different brands of tomatoes and all kinds of different cheeses to find the perfect combination. Uh, Vincent Rotello, who's my GM, he, him and his brother Sal was like their lifelong dream to make pizza together. And they were from New York. And they, they literally were kind of the situation where the dad said, here, you're going to take my kid. He walked into John's on Bleecker and left him in the kitchen. And that's where they grew up. So they grew up with like the, the best influences in, in New York pizza. And um, I think we nailed it. I think we have a really good slice. And like I said, I'm a pizza snob. Love the stuff. You're, you're a pizza snob, and you ate the white pizza here. They've got a lot of great local beers here. I just had one. That's a nice part of the environment, too. The other thing that's really cool is this East Fremont Street environment is just exploding. And tell us about what you've seen here in the last, I don't know, even just the last year. It, well, it's, it's amazing. Tony Shea from Zappos came down here and made a large investment. And as well as there's a lot of people like the guys from Commonwealth that are right down the street, the guys at Park that are our next-door neighbors, they were here before all that, and uh, they were the pioneers of this area. And this is the um, the area that is a part of Fremont Street that's not under the canopy, so it's uh, it's East Fremont Street. So if you keep on walking past the canopy, you're going to find a, an entire block filled with really good restaurants, really great bars, and uh, lots of nightlife entertainment and things you can do. And I noticed this is definitely where more of the locals hang out as well. I mean, you're not just getting all the tourists there up on the strip. Yeah, this is definitely a local hangout. It's like, yeah. Tell us a little bit more where people can find information, look at the menu, check out the hours. You can check us out online at evilpie.com. That's E-V-E-L-P-I-E.com. On Facebook, it's just Evil Pie. At Evil Pie LV on Twitter. Instagram, at Evil Pie. I'm, I'm terrible. I am like Mr. Like, I think a speaking spell was as far as I got in the uh, chain of computerness. So I think if you get it in your head, Evil Pie, that's all you need to know. Evil Pie, Las Vegas, and I think you'll find it because it, like 20 things will show up. Brand new joint. I mean, we were eating some of the first pizzas that have been out for a week or two. You beat CNN. <laughs> you beat everybody to the punch. You're, that's right. You heard it here first. That's right. Now this place is going to explode. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com. This is uh, Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin here with Travel Brigade here in secret spots around Vegas. 
I feel like we really did find a secret hidden world. We stepped off the street and into the golden tiki, and I do feel like I'm in a totally different world. And actually, we're, we're going to find out for a minute in a little bit that we're actually on this uh, deserted island that was once settled and discovered, and then headhunters took care of it. And it's a long story, but anyway, we've got Brandon Powers here to tell us more about it. What inspired you to open the golden tiki where we sit right now? Uh, lots of drugs in the 90s. <laughs> no, um, am I allowed to say that? I don't know how conservative your listenership is. Yeah, I think that bars like this, like tiki bars in general, are escapes, um, escapes from reality. Tiki bars came about during the Great Depression when uh, people were wanting to escape their woes and, and they couldn't afford to travel to exotic places. And then when the war was going on, the sailors were coming back with tales of Polynesian islands and all these places that they visited and rum and cocktails and, and the people that they encountered. So that's what tiki bars and how tiki bars came in vogue. And I wanted a place for people to come and explore, something that they can't see on the Strip, something that's truly unique. Uh, we're located in Chinatown. I really love Chinatown. Has, uh, in my opinion, the best food in Las Vegas is in Chinatown. It's It's got the seediness of Amsterdam. Um, there's quote-unquote foot massage places on every corner. Um, it has all the wonderful parts of a stew that make this great soup, if you will, or what that I think has all the proper elements of, of an exciting night out, and the Golden Tiki is in the heart of it all. Right when we walked in, we were being serenaded by uh, Pirates of the Caribbean music in this nice cove. So you, you can't even, I mean, the second that you walk in, you really are taken to a different place. Tell us a little bit about some of the highlights of the decor that's here. Yeah, so as soon as you enter, you are on Flaming Skull Island, and you've been teleported away from reality through a double set of doors, through a cave entrance, and then Flaming Skull Island is on the left. There's a giant clamshell waterfall. There's shrunken heads of various local celebrities uh, and other celebrities like Marky Ramone of the Ramones. Carrot Top here locally, Robin Leach, etc. Also, we have our world-famous Dole Whip. That's a, a highlight of, of any tour. I'm happy to give anyone a three-hour tour if you want to come along. Uh, and then we have interesting characters that are all throughout. We have Goldie, who uh, looks over the entire bar, and he's a talking tiki god that comes to life, tells jokes. Uh, we also have black velvet paintings that tell the tale of the golden tiki. And we have an animatronic, I mean, sorry, not animatronic, a real skeleton where the spirit of Captain William Tobias Faulkner, the first person to come and discover the island in search of the golden tiki, he remains in our back room on his ship to this very day, longingly staring forever into the eyes of the golden tiki that he found here on Flaming Skull Island. True, and looking at these, uh, the menu, absolutely some amazing drinks. I've had a few of them. Tell me some of the highlights on the menu for the drinks and also the bowls that you have. If a regular drink isn't enough and you want to share with friends, right. think you about that. Totally get, you can get a scorpion bowl. We have the volcano bowls. You can get any drink here that you want into a bowl, and you can sit around with the longer straws, and you can, with your group of friends. We also, on the weekends, offer poo-poo platters, uh, so it comes with, like, a lazy Susan, fire in the middle, and you can all do a communal sharing of your bowl and your poo-poo platter all kinds of interesting little delicacies to eat. My highlights uh, that I personally enjoy, we have a lot of classic tiki cocktails. I like, uh, the, of, of course, our uh, uh, banana batita, our painkiller, and our mai tai is, uh, is, I think, one of the best there is. I had a painkiller. I feel no pain. <laughs> yeah, I think the way this interview is going, I, I actually feel like I've had a couple of painkillers. <laughs> I couldn't think of mai tai to save my life, and it's like our best drink. <laughs> this is one of the few places outside of Disneyland where you can get Dole Whip. What inspired you to get Dole Whip, and, and how hard is that to get Dole Whip? Dole Whip, I mean, it's just it's just a magical substance. I mean, who doesn't love Dole Whip? It is very hard. We had to we had to give blood to Di Walt Disney himself and do sacrificial offerings to the Disney gods. No, I wish 
wish it was that hard, or I wish I had that kind of story. But apparently you can get it in a few places, but it is rare, and we have it here, and uh, it's definitely a highlight of any trip. If you go to our website, thegoldentiki.com, you can actually um, press on a hidden treasure chest and find the hidden treasure chest that will give you a free Dole Whip. What? We had Dole Whip anyway, but that's always fun to get something free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's amazing. It's an amazing, amazing treat. Tell us a little bit more about where people can find you guys and uh, where they can find more information. Check out thegoldentiki.com. Also, we're just a few minutes away from the Strip, right over the hill in Spring Mountain and, and Valley View, on the corner of Spring Mountain and Valley View. It's literally a two-minute ride with a cab or Uber. It's really short, five minutes at most, I would say. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, thank you so much for sharing this beautiful experience with us. We've had a great time. Of course, if you want to find out more information, we will put the Golden Tiki on our hot sheet for today's show, and you can check that out at Travel Brigade. Or you can check us out on Twitter at Travel Brigade. We will be right back. For the Travel Brigade, tweet them at Travel Brigade. That was so fun. I, the Golden Tiki, we've actually gone um, back a couple of times while we've been here. Yeah, the dull pineapple whip is, is nothing else. With a splash of rum. With a splash doesn't, of rum. With uh, or without. It, but it doesn't It hurt. makes your day. <laughs> sure. And kind of my and, joke about Spring Mountain Road, because it, it's right off Spring Mountain Road, unless you were going for you know a strip club or a happy ending massage, you may not know that area. But this is a whole new reason to go. Yeah, and you know Golden Tiki is great, but all around that, and it's all sort of in these storefronts. Strip malls. Strip mall yeah. storefronts is all sorts of different Asian restaurants. And they are the best. Yeah, bars, the, they have some really high And what we're hearing, yeah. they're best. Yeah, the most best. authentic. Yep. So that's a great place to be. And then Evil Pie is what in what's known as the Fremont East area. And this area didn't every, even exist. It didn't even exist a couple of years ago. Zappos came in and developed it and put a lot of money into it. And now every time we go, there's something new. Yeah, we've gone to, well, I would say 80% of the stuff that's on the street. We've been to the downtown cocktail lounge, which is a really cool sort of speakeasy type place. There's a bar called The Griffin. Of course, Jeff Griffin loves The Griffin. Mm-hmm. Evil Pie. We've gone to a couple other restaurants that have been around there. And a couple of bars, too, that are really fun. One had a hidden teeter-totter. So there's all, all sorts of fun, great happy hours. And just you have a different vibe down there, don't you? Well, it, it feels like you're kind of in, I want to say, you're, you're kind of in like New York City or San Francisco, and you're in a little neighborhood. Yeah. And you're just sort of walking around. It, within a few block radius, you're walking around to these different restaurants and clubs and bars and it's a totally different feel from being on the strip where you drive everywhere in valet park here you just park somewhere and you just start walking around or stay at the downtown grand which is what we're doing and again the downtown grand has some great options as well and i really love they have a couple of retail like restaurants and such they're actually not in the hotel they're across the street i really like that the other thing to keep in mind too is if you've got kids with you there's a place called the container park yes and if you go to there during the day it's a big kid-friendly thing with this gigantic praying magic out front that breathes fire and things to do for kids. At night, they sort of 
turn it into more well, after, of an Yeah, after about thing. 9 o'clock, it's 21 and yeah. over, and they kind of have the restaurants and the bars going on. But it's a very cool thing made out of uh, recycled containers, and that's cool. And if, another thing that's really cool about that whole area, they have put old neon signs, some old and some new that are sort of retro-looking. But what's really cool is the place down the street that I've been dying to go to the last few times I've been here and haven't quite made it in is the Neon Museum. Yeah, you've probably seen a bunch of music videos shot at the Neon Museum or what was the Neon Museum before it became the Neon Museum. Somebody started gathering all these old signs. When they would replace them, they would go stick them out in the desert somewhere. Somebody said, hey, let's gather them all together and create a museum, and we had a wonderful time there. We did. It was absolutely great. We're going to hear from them next, aren't we? We are. Let's go just down the street here to the Neon Museum and find out more about the history of Las Vegas. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Please check us out on Twitter at Travel Brigade. We will be right back. Not sure where to go, what to do, and where to sleep? Up next, hot hotels, unique activities, and top attractions in our destination city. Check it out. Want a tour of Las Vegas? What comes to mind? What do people automatically think of? Well, I think of all the old neon signs, you know, coming here. Not only now do you see the big ones, but I I was laughing with Jeff when we were here. Just Even the McDonald's has a neon sign. Like, everyone has a neon sign, and that's one of the things that just makes you, you know, feel Vegas. Yeah, and uh, you and I are of an age where we can remember some of these signs from the 70s and 80s. And what is so cool is they've gathered a bunch of them together in one place. It's called the Neon Museum and Boneyard. Here to tell us more about it is Rob McCoy. He's the CEO. And Rob, when did this get started? How did it get started? Well, well, the collection uh, actually started about 20 years ago. And uh, we had a lot of designers at the sign companies, including Young Electric Sign Company. And they just couldn't, when we started, you know, floating the buildings, and they just couldn't let go of the signs, so they started storing them in their back lot. And uh, a few years went by, and the thought began germinating, hey, how about a full-fledged museum? And so we've actually been open now as a full-fledged museum for about four years, and uh, visitors from all over the world, it's, uh, it's, just, it's just a fun place. I was laughing because I'm thinking about one of my favorite movies, Vegas Vacation, where they... <laughs> They do a little spinning on something. Now, I don't know if we're allowed to do that dance on top of the signs, but that always is just something that really sort of brings back that thought. No touching the signs. Sorry about that one. We, we can't have that. But, you know, there are so many films and television shows that have uh, been produced here over the last 50, 60 years. Everyone has this romantic image that's seared into their mind of what their memory of Las Vegas was. And so that's why when they come to this museum, they can normally find it and see it. And uh, it's, it's just very cool. Cool is definitely a word I would use. Now, my understanding is this is a nonprofit and you guys cooperate with the city to help revive the history of Las Vegas. Absolutely. We are a 501. We have a board of trustees, and uh, we have done a lot of things in concert with the city of Las Vegas, including this property. Uh, They're one of our biggest supporters, and Mayor Goodman, both Mayors Goodman, both the former mayor, Oscar Goodman, and the current mayor, Carolyn Goodman, are big supporters of this museum. I was really impressed that the people in the gift shop, our tour guide, I mean, they really knew the history of this, and they were very passionate about the history of this, almost like going to the Louvre and having somebody tell you about the Monet's and the Mona Lisa and everything like that. We put all of our interpreters, our tour guides, uh, through a pretty good training process so that they know the history not only of each sign, but how that sign and the building that it was attached to fits in with the overall history of Las Vegas. And so all of them are very schooled and up to speed, not only on old history, but even more relevant and recent history. Now tell 
us a little bit now, some just for people that are kind of imagining what it would be like to be here, a lot of these are um, signs that used to be on the Strip or different parts of downtown, different areas of Las Vegas. But when you're coming in to do a tour of the museum, some of those are refurbished and some of them are here and they're going to stay the way that they are. Yes, we have uh, seven signs that are lit. The rest of them are not lit. And we have plans to refurbish and restore more signs as we go. Quite expensive. It's not cheap to do that. And so it's going to take time. But, you know, in the center median of Las Vegas Boulevard, from uh, Washington Street down just beneath us here all the way to Sahara, there are plans to relocate multiple neon signs in that center median completely restored. Yeah, we were actually really excited when we saw that map. We're going to go chase it down later today. Yeah, let's talk about that. You've also got a tour people can do outside of the museum where there are these refurbished signs throughout the city. Oh, yes, that's the, uh, what's the name of that tour? Well, this is Scenic Byways, but we've got Richard Hooker's group that takes people around. I can't remember the name of it. Sorry. But anyway, yes, um, if there is neon in Las Vegas that has existed, it's probably a pretty good bet that we've got it. Now, I noticed pulling up today for the tour, there's a sold-out sign. And I was going to talk to you a little bit about planning ahead. Where do people buy tickets? How soon do they need to do it? I mean, we're in the middle of a midweek. People have already gone home for the big holiday, and they're sold out. And day versus night tours. Uh, yes. Well, of course, the night tours sell out uh, sometimes weeks in advance. What folks need to do is go to our website, neonmuseum.org, and there's a, a click there that you'll make, uh, book a tour. You can book either a day tour or a nighttime tour. Some folks like the daytime tour. Other folks like the nighttime tour, and it's two totally different feel feels on those tours. I think during the daytime tour, you pretty much get to see the inner workings and the, and the casings and the cabinetry and the design of the signs. At night, time you have a much cooler vibe to the whole boneyard uh some of the signs are lit but all of them have external lighting but some of them actually have been internally lit so uh, just go on to neonmuseum.org and uh it will walk you right through it and plan ahead like i said i mean a lot of people were kind of showing up today seeing the sign and kind of doing the oh i missed out and you know a lot of people don't come to vegas for extended periods of time so you want to make sure that you plan ahead and again where's the website for people to do that that is neonmuseum.org and we also did a little shopping in the gift shop. There's some really great retro things that are there, and that's also a fun thing to do while you're here. We'll post a link to neonmuseum.org on our hot sheet for today's show. You can go there and click on it and go right to that website. Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. We will be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com. We are here at the beautiful downtown Grand Hotel. Of course, people are always asking us, where do you stay? How do you access things? I love this area. I love to be able to just get out and walk in my car and go to all that place. But there's a lot going on here at the downtown Grand, not only here in the hotel, but also in this great new restaurant called the Freedom Beat. Yeah, we're going to hear more about the downtown Grand and how it's sort of based on a neighborhood concept rather than just one hotel and one building. And then we're also going to talk with Freedom Beat, where they do some really interesting takes on classic American food and and accompany it with some great music. Coming up, we've got those two interviews. Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade. Questions or comments for the Travel Brigade? Tweet them at Travel Brigade.
one of the center places here is the downtown ground. It's a beautiful hotel, very highly rated, I've noticed. We've been looking up at the things and, you know, different options here. It's a fairly new hotel, but we're here enjoying everything. It's such a, a really cool atmosphere. Yeah, and their theme is welcome to the neighborhood. And what's so cool about this is I don't really feel like I'm in Vegas. And that I'm saying that in a good way <laughs> because this is a very different feel from what you're used to. It, you feel like you're in a neighborhood. And we're going to talk a little bit about that with Kevin Glass. He's the resort general manager. Kevin, what was the concept behind creating a neighborhood down here? So so we own so much land down here. Um, from If you're on 3rd Street all the way from Ogden to Stewart, we kind of feel like we have our own block party in our own neighborhood. So we have um, vendors on both sides of the streets. We have hogs and heifers. We have Pizza Rock. We have a place called The Commissary. And then we have our own hotel. So we literally own a whole block. And so we say, welcome to the neighborhood. We're sort of a, an all-encompassing resort. We have our own pool. We have our own hotel. And we have multiple dining experiences, which so that's the reason we called it the neighborhood. Well, you know, it's really interesting, and I didn't even recognize. We actually came down here kind of on the on the way to one thing, and then I stopped on the way back. But we were walking here, and I noticed all the venues over there, and I had no idea that they were associated with the hotel the first time I'd walked through, because it did feel like you're in this really cool, quintessential street. And then we came back, and we tried Pizza Rock, which amazing pizza. You know, the commissary. There's some different places over there. Triple George looked amazing. I love that the outside feel, that you're not having to come in somewhere. And, and even though there's a lot of lures inside, I think that's really cool. Yeah, so, you know, the thing that we pride ourselves on is that we're obviously close enough to Fremont Street where you can literally take a two-minute walk and you can be on Fremont Street. And everybody associates downtown with Fremont Street. And what we've realized is that we've kind of got our own little neighborhood. It's close enough where you can get there if you want. You can also be far away if you don't want to be involved in all the street performers and all the crowds. And so we, we basically have said, well, we have our own little neighborhood down here, so come join us. Now, tell me about some of the highlights here at the hotel. I mean, obviously, this is a n new hotel. I noticed that you're really uh, touting in the summer some of the pool area. It's very retro. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So last year, we rebranded our entire pool from, from top to bottom with um, a brand new food mem me menu, a brand new beverage menu. Uh, we worked with a company called 34 Floor Hospitality, and they came and they helped us redesign everything. So it used to be called Picnic. That was in 2015. Last year, we rebranded re it, and it's now called Citrus at the Downtown Grand Pool. Um, and if you go up there, it's the brightest colors you'll ever see. We have our own fresh herb gardens up there that our chefs literally go and they pick our ingredients for some of the food um, right off of these herbal food gardens and we incorporate those into our into our uh, food and beverage offerings. We have live entertainment every, up there every weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday last year and we're probably going to do the same thing for 2017. But we're at, we have the ability to host up to 1,500 people up there and so it's a very, very cool environment. Biggest and best pool downtown. You know, one of the things I also really like, we've been to Vegas so many times and I love the intimacy of coming here, being able to access your room very quickly, being able to access venues really quickly, being able to gamble pretty quickly. And I think, you know, sometimes, and not that that strip doesn't have, I'm not trying to down the strip, it's just that it has a different experience. It's a big experience. And I mean, we were talking about how much time in and out of hotels we're spending an hour just to valet, to get to our room, to get back down. And this is such an intimate feel, like you said, walking to this whole downtown area, including this, you know, hot new part of Free Money. Tell us a little bit about the whole development down here and kind of what's making this area boom now. This is the cool place to be. You know, I think that we've really created a community environment down here on the Strip. There's a lot of um, competition. So, you know, you'll have Caesars competition against MGM and, and the Cosmos, you know, competition with the Palms and the Hard Rock. The downtown community, we realize that we've got something a little bit different down here. And so we really try to work together as a community to bring overall events downtown. So although, you know, the Golden Nugget and the D and Plaza, there are competition from a, from a sense that they have a hotel and a casino. We really try to work together to bring large events and to bring um, the ability for people to understand that there's a whole nother place besides just a Las Vegas Strip. Well, and I love the fact that you can go 
go to places we we walked across the street to is it the gold spike it's so intimate i mean you don't feel like you're going into a club with six thousand people and that's what's fun about it what was really fun yesterday we came out it was a nice day we walked across the street to a place called pizza rock one of your three restaurants three or four restaurants across the street there kathleen who a former new yorker who's the ultimate pizza snob loved her slice did the brooklyn bend and everything with it tell us about some of those restaurants that you have outside of the property so yeah directly across the street is pizza rock and that's a you know there's a well-renowned chef that um is in charge of the pizza rock and they have the best pizza in my opinion in las vegas and then uh, um triple george is probably our our most upscale restaurant that we have within our community and it's a san francisco style restaurant and you can get anything from a steak to, to salmon to, uh, they have very good clam chowder and they they import their their sourdough bread in from san francisco and then right next door you know it depends on what you're in for there's a biker bar and so hogs and heifers is a very good partner of ours um they only serve beverages over there but it's a very unique experience and we have a lot of motorcycle motorcycle customers that come down and they enjoy that and then the commissary right now is is actually a venue that's going to be sort of turning over we're transitioning it, it from a from sort of a coffee place to more of an, an e-gaming sports lounge so we used to have an e-sports lounge located on our gaming floor and it was a 21 and over venue and we're currently moving it over to the commissary and so it'll be an 18 and over venue so you'll be able to do competition e-sports gaming we're going to have good games over there so 18 year olds can enjoy it foosball tables things like that so more to come on that um, first quarter of 2017 yeah and we should point out that with pizza rock and hogs and heifers in these places you don't have to be staying here if you're just in the downtown area you're on fremont street or you have fremont east just walk a block or two over and you're you're right there get get something to drink get a slice whatever you want to do if people want to know more about how to book rooms or some of your restaurants where can they go yeah, so our website is www.downtownlasvegas.com uh, downtowngrand.com um, and that has all the information with all of our venues all of our partners hours of operation and room rates yeah and you were right our, our trip advisor scores are the best downtown we certainly pride ourselves on service and the cleanliness of this property if you go and read any of the comments they'll let they'll tell you the customers know this is the place that you want to go it's quieter it's cleaner and you're going to get the best service no absolutely and i was going to just mention one other thing we were gaming last night of course you can't be in vegas without a little gambling and i love the intimacy again it just goes back to that intimacy of a great place you're i can't remember being in a venue on this trip where i've actually had somebody ask me if i want to drink in like two minutes you know it's always been like you're done gambling an hour and a half later and someone's like finally i mean it's that's the kind of thing that you really they really notice here so again you can check that out we will have it on the hot sheet for today's show you can check that out at travel brigade on twitter facebook and other venues stay tuned we'll be right back not sure where to go what to do and where to sleep up next hot hotels unique activities and top attractions in our destination city check it out I am really scared to do this interview because the man we were about to interview, he stared down Chef Gordon Ramsay, one of the, to me, one of the most fearsome people on TV or anywhere else in life. And he won. He won one of the seasons on Hell's Kitchen. You have to have thick skin to deal with him, I would imagine. Scott Cummings is here to tell us about Freedom Beat. And Scott, before we get into that, what was your most scary moment with Gordon Ramsay? scary moment had to be day one <laughs> through the very, very last day of the show. No, I, you know, honestly, um, I mean, it was all, of course, it's Hell's Kitchen, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what it's called. So They put you through hell. They, they <laughs> certainly do put you through hell in, in all different ways. Um, I always tell everybody that watches there, they always come up, and the biggest question is, you know, is it really the way it looks? Is it really how it is? And I'm like, you guys only get a portion of what really, yeah, really. goes on in Hell's Kitchen. So, no, but, uh, but honestly, um, you know, I mean, of course, it is, you know, tough to do anything like that and, and be put 
up on stage, but um, truly an incredible guy. And, uh, you know, Gordon Ramsay, to you know, have him as, as a mentor and be part in that. Um, came out to Las Vegas and, and worked in his restaurant the last year and a half, um, being out here at Caesars Palace at Gordon Ramsay Pub and Grill. You know, I mean, he's just an incredible, incredible guy. Incredible guy to know. Yeah, when it's kitchen time, it's kitchen time, and those, you know, the anger and the flay, it flares up. But, uh, you know, but all reality, one of the, one of the smartest and, and, you know, brilliant guys I've ever met. I would imagine being here now at the downtown ground, that was your interview to go on Hell's Kitchen to get here? At the downtown ground? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, no, it was not my interview, but, uh, yeah. No, I would imagine working, you know, perfecting those skills. And, you know, he is, you, you watch him and he really does know his stuff, so. Yeah, he certainly does. But it was, yeah, like I said, once again, an amazing, amazing time, um, a great learning experience on my end. Great, great thing for my career, of course. And, uh, and I'm in Las Vegas and we're doing it and it's fantastic. Let's talk about Freedom Beat here. This is a great place. There's this sort of blues honky-tonk vibe and you've gone for some of the classic American foods and tell us kind of your overall theme here. So, I mean, I think you, I couldn't have put it better. You know, the, the, the vibe in here is, is really something special to us. I mean, um, you know, to uh, wanted to bring about a place that really had that place you want to come to all the time. Really good feeling. Great music. Great uh, great people. Great company. No matter if you know them or not, you want that kind of people around. And, and so that's what we kind of really try to do here. Um, complete Americana. So that's what we did with the food. Uh, really wanted to showcase um, everything from the East Coast to the West Coast and beyond and, and, and really keep it all American. With, with the with a unique twist, that's what I loved about it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, we do have our unique twist that we do, but if you if you break things down, it really comes back to fun food, and that's how I really this is this has been a fun project for me. So I always call it it's it's kind of fun food for me. It's stuff that you shouldn't maybe always eat. Some great things on the menu, but um, but it, but it's the stuff that kind of brings back the memories. I always say with food, you know, if you can spark a memory of some kind in somebody's mind, you've got a you've got a customer for life, you know. And um, so that's what this kind of food does. I think I think it's 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 some really great high level comfort food um, from the East Coast to the West Coast, everywhere from um, the Midwest where I'm from. Um, a lot of great foods, and then then of course you know down to Louisiana, and of course you've got the blues, and you've got the you know some of the honky tonk and the you know. In, in the southern side so really just a just a great vibe and and the food and music just kind of you know complements each other i noticed you've also got breakfast on the menu here all day is that i imagine that's that's sort of a requirement for a vegas restaurant because nobody looks at the clock and when you want pancakes you want pancakes and that is true you know breakfast in vegas comes at all different hours of the day you know so um so anywhere from you know the individual that's working that late night at the club you know that comes in and gets a breakfast at five six o'clock at night and has to be at work at eight or nine to you know to everybody getting up a little later here in Vegas, around nine or ten, you still have the same options for breakfast, and you know, but that's you know, that was all part of it too. Is, is really bring some different items to the breakfast menu, some American items, some stuff that you know find, and in, in that you know, you always have that diner that you can picture that you've been to, and, and and you know the people, and you know when you walk in, that's the diner, you know. So we've got a little bit of that, and then we've got a little bit of flair with some great Benedicts and, and things like that, some creative more items, you know, and just kind of like I said, just kind of keep it that all American, good rooted kind of feel feel good food. We actually came here last night. We were doing kind of a tasting. We couldn't. We were trying to decide what we wanted. We started with the uh, homemade tater tots, which were really good. Uh, we had some wedges, and I'd never had bacon. I didn't even know it was bacon because it was so thick and so good. I was like, I didn't even realize.
realize that was. And we had some jambalaya. We had the BLT club. There were so many good things. Of course, you had the cherry pie. I had the funnel cake for, as you can see, we had a pretty good meal last night. There's some other, what are the most popular things on the menu? Um, you know, I don't know. I think we, I think we've got a, a good handful of, of real good favorites. You know, our, our, I wouldn't beg to say, and I, you know, I'm a little modest, but you know, I'll go ahead and say it. I think our chicken wings are the best in town. You know, we spend a lot of time on, well, we spend a lot of time on our, all of our food. I mean, we do most everything we have here in house. So whatever we can do, our pork belly is cured. We cure it in house and then smoke it. So that's what we slice for our, you know, pork belly Benedicts. And that's what you had on your BLT last night on your, you know, on your club sandwich. And, you know, so we incorporate a lot of that stuff that we can really do here and harness some really good, just taking that, those ingredients to another level. But our chicken wings, I, I tell you, we, we have smoked chicken wings on the menu. Our sauce is incredible. You know, I'm really, really proud of it. Now, we did see something on the menu. We've been joking about the mac and cheese sandwich. <laughs> I would imagine that's kind of popular. You know, it is. Uh, you know, so, of course, is your kid, uh, you know, one of those one of those memory sparks is, of course, mac and cheese. And then, of course, grilled cheese. You know, those are the two two staples. And it was kind of some staples at my house, especially, um, you know, in, in a lot of Midwestern homes. And so we just kind of mashed the two together and decided, you know, what about this? We'll add a little extra cheese because, of course, cheddar makes it better, right? And uh, we'll add a little extra cheese and we'll throw that mac and cheese on the flat top. Let it get that nice, crispy crust on it. And then we'll throw it in between two pieces of, uh, of grilled cheese and, and there you go. Have at it. Sounds so good. <laughs> if people want to find out how to make reservations, take a look at the menu, where can they go? Yeah, you can um, certainly certainly visit the website, uh, thedowntowngrand.com, and uh, go ahead and search us up online. But get in here. You've got to check it out. You've got to see the great feel that we have. Our, you know, a lot of local music, a lot of great vibe, like we talked about. We never even mentioned the drinks here. I know we were wondering about the, you know, the food and the, the, the music, but, you know, our, our drink list, once again, just like the food, is very, very, you know, um, American, natural. We have um, everything from whiskeys, meaning like small producer whiskeys, to some local, a lot of local brewers here in town that have the, that we have on draft, and some incredible bartenders that do, um, and some great mixology behind the bar. I actually had a mint julep I had totally forgotten about. It was great. Yeah, and just not that many places you'll find that on a menu, which I thought was really fun, so I had to go with the mint julep. It was a great start. Uh, thank you again for spending time with us today, and again, thank you for the meal last night. It was absolutely amazing. We will put that on the hot sheet for today's show at TravelBrigade.com. You can also check us out at Twitter at TravelBrigade. We'll be right back. They don't always agree, but they always seem to have the reasons. Next up, Travel Brigade's countdown of their favorites from this week's show on He Said, She Said. We are here in the downtown area of Vegas, the Fremont East area. Here at the downtown ground, we just learned more about the hotel, as well as the Freedom Beat restaurant. It's that time in the show when we need to each pick our three favorite things about this episode. He said, she said. As always, she said goes first. <laughs> well, I'm going to pick, I can't decide. First of all, I, well, you know what, because we're talking about the downtown ground, I have to be honest, and, and I know people out there are going to feel me. Like, they think twice before they book a hotel downtown. I think people do in general. Because there's a lot of hotels that have been around for a long time that some of them haven't been updated and et cetera. But the downtown grand is the real deal. I mean, it gets high ratings. We've had a great, comfortable time. But I think the most, the reason I like it the most is because of the access. I think we've been able to get everywhere we've wanted to go with ease. 
My number three is the Neon Museum. I had an absolute blast, loved learning about all the history, loved taking photos of me and you in front of different signs, just loved the whole idea and, and soaking up the Vegas history. Well, that's my number two. Okay. So, very good. I love the Neon Museum. As a matter of fact, I'm really glad we went during the day because I feel like we could see so much, but they also have tours at night, so now I feel like I want to go back at night and see it again. I'm with you there. Yeah. You won't have to twist my arm okay. on that one. <laughs> My number two was just walking around the Fremont East area and just feeling like it's almost like you're not even in Vegas. You're in New York City or San Francisco or Chicago or something, just kind of wandering around the neighborhood. It's got a bunch of bars and restaurants in it. And I love that we could just walk around and we'd go to one place for a little while and then go get another place and then go check out what was going on over here. It was just a great sense of freedom and a whole new way to experience Las Vegas. Well, I'm going to go with the Golden Tiki just because, one, I love the Tiki 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 Room, but two, it's such a fun little surprise, I guess, the word is, it's a surprise. Like you wouldn't expect to see the Golden Tiki and it's actually been rated in the Vegas Weekly as one of the best bars. It's just a fun place, unexpected, lots of little secrets around every little corner, great drinks, and it's a super fun place. So I'm gonna go with the Golden Tiki. My number one, because I'm a great American, yes. is Evil Pie. <laughs> Because I believe in patriotism yes. in America. The two two of the great things about America, Evil Knievel and pizza, That's brought true. together under one roof. And it is cute. I mean, it's got like black and white TVs that are playing Evil Knievel videos and... All sorts of memorabilia. Yeah, Evil Knievel but lunchboxes. Above all, I mean, I would go in there even if they had crappy $5 <laughs> but it's not. But it's great, great New York style As a former New Yorker, I can tell you it's good it, pizza. I a would, white slice. I would go there even if it was just called, you know, Bob's Pizzeria. <laughs> great pizza. But it just brought the whole, it just brought everything together for me, so I really loved that. Absolutely. Super fun. We're going to list not only the stuff, the interviews and all of that, but also the other little places that we went to when we were on Fremont East, some of the restaurants and some of the bars that we went to, and we'll put that on our hot sheet, which you can check out at TravelBrigade.com. Unfortunately, it's time for us to leave Vegas downtown and go to Vegas Strip. No, it's time for us to leave Las Vegas altogether. I think Jeff was trying to say the Strip Club. Um, we've got to leave Las Vegas altogether and head to another great destination. Join us next week when we arrive there. In the meantime, please remember there are two stages in life. You're either on a trip or you're planning your next trip. Whatever stage you're in, please join us. See you next week and enjoy the trip. You have been listening to Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin on Travel Brigade. Connect with them on Facebook, Twitter, and at TravelBrigade.com.